the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Stock Talk with Rob Black. I'm Rob Black. Uh, talking money, investing, and more. Um, one of the things I try to do on this show is talk stocks, talk sectors, talk, uh, you know, ideas for you to profit off of. And if you pay attention, I think we'll all kind of learn something here and or there as things grow. Twitter didn't grow its monthly user base at all last quarter, and that's a problem. Despite beating Wall Street expectations for revenue, a couple quarters ago, we were like, they got to get revenue, they got to get revenue. Uh, because they were adding users just not very fast, and that was a bit of a problem. You know, we all looked at Facebook, and Facebook is, I guess, the mother of all social media stocks, and Twitter wants to be a social media stock. And, well, they're not doing a very good job of it. The company's completely stalled user growth during its second quarter, sitting shares down 10% on that news. It's a metric. It's something you're looking for. Investors are looking for signs that Twitter can turn its struggling business around by adding new users and edging towards profitability. Twitter reported its first year-over-year decline in revenue for the first quarter, but still managed to blow past user growth estimates by adding 9 million monthly users. Um, and again, that was the first quarter. This is the second quarter. So earnings per share of about 12 cents versus expected of five, 574 million in revenue versus 537 million. Monthly active users were 328 million. It's flat from the previous quarter and an increase of 5% from the year ago quarter. In a letter to its shareholders, Twitter said it will be able to boost engagement among daily users during the second quarter with more push notifications, email alerts, and timeline improvements. But monthly user growth was offset by low seasonal benefits and other factors. Uh, which they didn't do a really good job explaining what does that mean. So the stock got hit a good 10% on that news. And that's okay. You know, it is what it is. Um, hopefully you don't have a portfolio of, of stocks that you're hoping. Hopefully you have a portfolio of some stocks that beat expectations, raise dividends, um, and that you feel quite comfortable with over time. 
there's a good growth fund out there that I think does a nice job of finding stocks for you. This is a little bit of a cheating method of how to pick stocks and how to find stocks. You don't necessarily have to, you know, start with a screener like Zacks. You can go to Zacks, Z-A-C-K-S dot com and start screening for stocks that, you know, maybe are large or show earnings per share improvement year over year or dividend increases year over year. You could start doing that or you could do what I do. You could subscribe to five, 10, 15 mutual funds and read their quarterly reports and read their whole, look at their holdings. You could start with some small cap companies. You can go with a tech mutual fund. Uh, there's a lot of good content out there that has been professionally researched for you. Uh, the new Burger Berman Dividend Growth Fund, which launched on December 15, 2015, has handily beat the S&P 500 since its inception. Uh, the fund's total return since inception is about 30.5% versus the S&P 500, 25.8. Now, there's not a huge difference between that until you start talking about, you know, $100,000 or $500,000 and getting that extra 4 or 5% is pretty huge. Um, so far this year, the fund has slipped a bit. Total return of about 10.5%. The S&P 500 was about 11.7 at that comparative time. So you're going, like, what's happened? Has it, they lost their luster? Probably not. So, uh, but for a dividend growth fund, and dividend growth has been something that's been big time in favor in the last 10 years since interest rates have been going lower and since the Federal Reserve has kept interest rates down, it's created a situation where people are looking for yield. They're looking for a nice payout. Railroad operator CSX is one of the largest holdings in the fund, and it's up more than 50% this year, largely helped out by the appointment of CEO and President Hunter Harrison of the top post. Um, they just had a disappointing earnings report, but stock's up 50%. Do you chase that? I don't know. I don't know you. That's one of the big problems with doing a radio show is, in the end, you know a lot more about me than I'm going to know about you. And sometimes you're going to think I'm whispering to you, like, this is the greatest idea ever. And it's maybe not for you, but it could be for someone who needs risk. I got an email from someone who was asking me, you know, I think he said I got a 12-year-old son. So I haven't gotten back to it. I'm a little behind on emails right now. Um, But he wanted to know books for a son to read and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not 12. Maybe Harry Potter and the investment wizard? I don't know, right? Um, so elsewhere in this fund, and it's the new Burger Berman Dividend Growth Fund, ticker symbol is NDGAX. And something you could do is you know, call the company and get an annual report, call the company, uh, or you could track the company's reports online with the SEC.gov, SEC.gov. You could also see their quarterly updates, things along those lines. Uh, but chip equipment maker, applied materials, and coach, uh, retailer, you know, uh, person, uh, briefcases and things like that, leather goods, coach, both are up about 40% for the year. Now, again, that's pretty high, right? So are you chasing returns at that point in time? Because at some point in time, they already got the returns in the fund, and you're jumping in kind of late. But it may give you ideas of what to look for as well and, you know, who the horses are in the horse race. That's one of the things I hate about going to the track. You know, um, during the summer, you always get little city fairs that crop up, right? And a lot of people go out to them and and they want to have a good time. And uh, the the fairs that crop up sometimes have horse racing uh, like they do at the Alameda County Fair and the Santa Rosa Fair. 
but I don't feel like you know the horses. And that makes gambling kind of difficult. And because it's smaller, you know, the favorite is usually pretty well you know, picked out. Um, but there's not a lot of people betting, so you almost have to, if you want to bet, you almost have to, like, figure out a way to go about it so that it, it works out for you. Like maybe uh, a box, you know, a first and second place kind of thing. Uh, but now I'm totally digressing. So the fund, the new Burger Burger, the new Burger Berman Dividend Growth Fund, ticker symbol NDGAX, it's got a front end load of 5.75%. So I would never put money in that fund because it's very expensive to buy. But it is one of the better performing funds against S&P 500. So it's a good horse, so to speak. Annual expenses is about 1.07%. Not cheap. It's not expensive, but I prefer index funds. But, you know, we're talking stock talk. And as you own, you know, $100,000 in indexes, uh, which I don't think there's a, a problem with you owning the S&P 500 as 50% of your portfolio. And then you go out and you buy a, you know, a small cap fund like a Russell 2000, uh, for 10%. So that takes you up to 60%. Then you pick up maybe 10%, 15%, 20% international. And then you pick up maybe 10%, uh, mid cap, maybe 5, 10%, some sort of income fund and you're done. And you could kind of massage those numbers to see, you know, to get things better fitting. And that's just way too simple of a way to look at it, but it's a way to look at it. And that's kind of what I try to do here. So you're not looking for the highest yields when you're picking dividend stocks. The higher the yield, the more exponential risk to the principal. So a lot of people look at AT&T and they're like, whoa, that's got a great yield. But will AT&T go the way of Macy's? Because Macy's used to have a great yield. And then their revenues kept going down and down and down. And they kept closing stores. And people were like, uh-oh, I don't have this company that's going to survive. So they started selling the stock. And the principal went down way more than the dividend went up. So you have to be kind of careful when chasing performance and chasing yield. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. You can Twitter me, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. Call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Call Rob Black now. 800 516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Doing a little stock talk, so to speak. And there's a lot of things moving in the market right now. The Federal Reserve raising interest rates and uh, how fast are they raising them? How fast are they not? That changes the landscape. So it's important to watch that kind of stuff. There's probably some metrics. And I talked a little bit about Twitter earlier. And, you know, average monthly users is a big one. Uh, there's some things in, like, software sales. If you ever look at companies, day sales outstanding, where you give someone the product to work with and how many days does it take for them to close the deal. You should learn metrics that work for you. And probably in the 1980s, rightly or wrongly, we started, you know, the financial media started talking about companies' P.E. And they're like, well, with a P.E. that's below the market average or a P.E. that's above their five-year historical average, it kind of became almost too easy to think about picking stocks. 
Uh, different sectors are going to command different PEs, price to earnings. Um, and you kind of have to know that going in. So you're also looking for a metric, maybe like a price to sales ratio. And you're trying to compare one company with another company. So you typically want to keep it in the same world. For instance, maybe a Microsoft who's an enterprise software player with an Oracle who's an enterprise software player. You don't necessarily compete instantly with someone like a Salesforce who is an enterprise software cloud player as Oracle and Microsoft had years and years and years of being in the physical world as they're, as they're quickly moving towards the cloud. Uh, you saw kind of the opposite with a company like Salesforce that started it in the cloud. Um, and then you get some companies like Amazon that it's almost impossible to compare it to anyone because on one hand, they're a retailer. On another hand, they're a shipping company. On another hand, they're a media company. So it's very, very difficult to give it a sum of parts analysis that you feel comfortable with. Also, because the company doesn't do a great job of telling people what they're thinking and what they're doing well in. So there's a couple of people that I like to look at uh, that are in the news. And one of them is Nobel laureate Robert Schiller. Um, I just like the way he talks. It's kind of that simple. Uh, billionaire Howard Marks is someone I'll listen to. And he's a billionaire. Now, let's go... Let's go back real quick and say Robert Scheller. He's a Nobel laureate, you know, Yale University economics professor. There's a pretty big difference between a billionaire and an economics professor. And what product are they selling? A com- uh, not a company, but a man like Schiller. He's paid by Yale to get out there and look good and talk about the economy um, and use the word Yale a lot. But billionaire Howie Marks, he's pretty cautious and... His investment firm called Oak Tree Capital is considered one of the leading investors in distressed debt, especially what's considered riskier debt. He counts Warren Buffett as a friend and a fan. Uh, when I see memos from Howard Marks in my mail, they're the first thing I open, Buffett once said. So if Buffett's the greatest investor of all time, if he's the Michael Jordan of investors, where he turned a real amount of money into billions of dollars, um, I'm kind of interested. So in a memo to his clients, Marx outlined his concern that the markets are entering too bullish territory and a bubble could be forming. He said some might say his warning is premature, but that doesn't bother him. You're not going to have a crystal ball. You can see the signs of a problem, and it doesn't necessarily have to stop right there. So housing debt you know, was very problematic in 2004, 2005, 2006, and it didn't really start unwinding until then. Um, and it, when it unwound, it, it hurt a lot of people, and a lot of people went bankrupt. Um, but in, in the memo, Marks, this billionaire who Warren Buffett likes, he, he wrote up nine ingredients that can make up a boom or a bubble. And he goes, benign environment. That's an environment where good times make investors very complacent. He said, a grain of truth. A catalyst of a boom is typically real, but it gets overblown. Early success. This is when people make big gains early on. They're going to turn into the fool in the end to cash out their investment concept. And I caution people, like, 
nothing's there's no eight percent guarantees it makes me sick when people think there are there kind of are in like social security if you don't take it early on you get you know more money but you're not going to get eight percent returns on an investment product without a lot of risk um so another problem, another area that you can kind of create a bubble in is more money than ideas. And that's when people pour money into lackluster investment ideas because of a glut of capital. Um, and we have a glut. We've got cheap money right now. How about a willing disbelief, uh, will, willing suspension of, of disbelief where people convince themselves this is a different time. This is the time that, it, you know, it's going to really work and a correction will never ever happen. Rejection of valuation norms where, you know, we talked during the show about, you know, metrics, a PE, price to sales ratio. And if you see, there's a, something called a value line and you can go to your library this weekend and grab it and take a look at like an Intel um, or, or whatever company you want to look at. And if it's been around for five years, take a look at how is it traded in the last five years. Maybe it's had a PE as low as 12 and a, currently a PE of 23. But its all-time five-year range is 12 to 25, and it's at 23. So it's at the higher end of its valuation norms. Um, you know, the th- dot-com bubble. This is when people started saying, you know, it doesn't matter how high a stock is. It can go higher. And, they, you know, Tesla and Apple are companies, and Amazon, you know, as they march towards trillion-dollar market cap valuations, people are like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Um, the pursuit of the new. A lot of young people or people who are you know, starting to make more money, um, they start getting invested in the stock market. And for the first time, they're like, oh, the only thing I really know is social media stocks. I'm going to invest in social media stocks. And I use things like Snap and Twitter. So therefore, I'm going to invest in Snap and Twitter. And that could be a problem, to say the least. The virtuous circle which is when people think the truth underpinning an asset will never change and can only push the price of it higher. So that's when people think, you know, the underpinning of an asset will never change. And, you know, at one point in time, Yahoo beat out Excite. They beat out Lycos. They beat out every other Internet company, essentially. And they became the portal of dominance. And then portals kind of got replaced with apps. And we moved from the desktop to the mobile phone. And another area where you can, like, you just have to know that things can and will change. And, you know, a company like CBS where they dominate the ratings of television, you know, slowly but surely some cable shows like Breaking Bad start working really well. And uh, the number of people watching YouTube starts to grow. And before you even know it, what was once a company that could do almost no wrong is, is missed users. They're missing eyeballs. And the final thing that you can kind of get into a bubble mentality with is the fear of missing out, FOMO. And that can be, you know, Amazon's up 50% this year and it's gone from 500 to 1,000. And you're like, well, I got to get it because if it goes from 1,000 to 1,500, I don't want to be stupid and not have it. Um, so that's pretty powerful when people go that direction. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Talking stocks, talking sectors. CFP Chad Burton and myself took over the 6 o'clock hour, and that's where he gets to do his show on on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I get to do kind of a special sector show on Mondays and Thursdays where I talk about socks. I don't talk about necessarily jobless claims or um, I, I just I'm, I'm sticking with the I'm not going to say the facts because that gives me almost too much of a shtick, <laughs> and I'm not trying to be that guy. Uh, but like today, we've talked a little metrics, we've talked some sectors. One area that I kind of brought it up ever so quickly and I kind of dismissed it almost as quickly was the idea that sometimes things change and it's a mistake that investors make that they fall in love with a idea that once made them money. So they stay with it. And, you know, that's both on a business level as well as a stock level, right? So there's a good book by a guy named Jeffrey Moore. Um, Gordon Moore. Uh, there's a couple of Moores out there uh, that talk about you know crossing the chasm and you know companies that you know have that ability to you know do something new and be disruptors. But also, I like some good old fashioned business books too. Uh, there's one called The Death of Competition, where the author's last name is Moore, M O O R E, and he writes about how Walmart beat um, Kmart. He writes about how Intel became dominant, and uh, you're going to look at it now, and you're going to go, well, this is a little bit on the old side, or it's Facebook kind of thing, right? But people still write articles, and they still do a really nice job of you know, putting together business concepts. So I would try to educate yourself as much as possible. Um, I don't think that's going to get you into any trouble whatsoever. And like, for instance... Just use your brain at times. Uh, take a look at Uber and Lyft, and who are they killing? They're killing two groups. Now, taxis are the obvious one, right? But I can give you another one that they're killing. Um, rental companies. So a lot of new data out there show that business travelers are increasingly turning to Uber and Lyft while taking fewer cabs and renting fewer cars when out on the road. A company called Certify, which is a travel management firm which handles corporate travel transactions, analyzed more than 10 million receipts filed in the first quarter of 2017. It found that almost the amount of money spent on rental cars and taxis each fell 2%. Rental cars controlled 29% of the ground travel expenses for business travelers, and taxis had about 8%. But Uber and Lyft grew their share of the ground transportation market by 2% each. Uber controls 55% of ground travel expenses for business travelers, while Lyft had about 8%. So there's a revolution in ground transportation from the airport. A lot of corporate travelers switch from renting a car to taking Uber or Lyft, and it helps you know explain why companies like Hertz have struggled in years. So in the second quarter, Hertz lost 28 million, and you're like, whoa, I did not know that. And then taxi cabs, you know, some of them tried to change and tried to you know be app friendly, but it kind of seems uncool now to get into a taxi. Taxi operators in large cities are basically reeling from the rise in popularity of ride-sharing. Um, I saw some statistics about New York City, where a medallion, which is required to operate a taxi in the country's largest city, sold for 241000 
uh, four years ago, that medallion sold for 1.3 million. So that's crushing. And that's, that's something that you kind of almost have to eyeball and go, okay, I get it. Now, earlier I was talking about a guy named Howard Marks and how he's a billionaire and how there's things that are kind of freaking him out a little bit where he called them ingredients to a bubble. That's fears of missing out, the virtuous circle, the pursuit of new money, uh, rejection of valuation norms, willing suspension of disbelief, more, I- more money chasing, fewer ideas. You know, a benign environment where there's no volatility and they just say, hey, we got record highs this year. Next week, hey, we got record highs again, record highs again. And we've had a little bit of that. Um, so people forget what a correction's like. And I can tell you, you know, socially, like, I remember in my teens and early 20s that, you know, sometimes you'd be in love and the person who was in love would happen to be in love with someone else, too. And, you know, she was playing both of you and, you know, telling each both that she loves you. And she's trying to figure out which one was going to be the winner. But there was, like, lying going on, right? Um, And then 10 years later, you're married, you're settled down, life is good. And you're like, I forgot what people would lie about relationships, it's like you see it like with one of your friends or something, you're like, whoa. Um, so sometimes you can get kind of complacent and forget that that kind of stuff goes on. So I was telling you that you know Howard Marks is a billionaire investor. So when he talks, I'll listen. If if Warren Buffett listens to him, then I'll listen to him. I may not you know write down everything that he says and say let's go with this one. I, I believe him. This is the time where he's right. Let's let's cash everything in. But I'm certainly going to listen. Now, I also brought up that Robert Schiller, who is a Yale University economics professor, you know, he has a warning right now for investors. And he says low volatility paired with a questionable price-to-earnings ratio could wipe out a chunk of the big stock market's value. The price increase just went step-by-step step with earnings increase. And I think it's overreaction to good earnings, he said. His comments come as the S&P 500, the Dow, the Nasdaq are hitting fresh all-time highs. And the CBOE volatility index dropped to a record low. So, again, we're getting complacent. And now that's two people who are saying the same thing. It's almost too easy to make money right now. Uh, Schiller wrote recently that low volatility could be the quiet before the storm. It's a phenomenon which Schiller says is making him lie awake worrying. Um, He wrote a book called Irrational Exuberance back in the 1990s when stocks were just going too crazy, too fast, too far. He's got what's called a Schiller-PE ratio. And this is where it gets kind of inane. And it shows that the price-to-earnings ratio based on average inflation-adjusted earnings from the past 10 years is over 30. And that number carries significance because the only times it's been higher was just before the Great Depression, 1929, and the mid-1997 to mid-2001 period, where he called irrational exuberance. He worries that historically earnings have been trend-reverting, Admittedly, so we do have a president who's going to make America great again. So if he's right, he says, maybe then we're launching out in a whole new path. But it would be a first time in American history. So he's not putting a lot of value in that. Let's make America great again. I don't think his commentary should be taken lightly. Like I said, I don't think you need to panic him, but I think you should take a look at where you've got some gains and, and think about it. So his forecasting skills were recognized in 2013 when he won the Nobel Prize in economics. He's known for predicting both the dot-com bubble and the housing bubble in the book Irrational Exuberance. 
Schiller's right, the stock market ultimately goes back to trend and it could create some havoc. It would be a negative for equities. It would be pretty big. He thinks we're at a high valuation right now. The only time we've had a higher valuation was around 1929 and then right around 2000. And he thinks we could see a major correction. Not a forecast. It's a worry. So you're, when you hear that, you're like, whoa. Um, you start going, like, do I do anything? Do I not? And I don't want you to get analysis paralysis. Um, but I do want you to kind of just grab it a little bit and just work with it in your head. Uh, another person that I like, because I'm talking about stocks that I like, sectors that I like, um, ideas that I like, Scott Galloway. So just go Google him. Um, he's a professor. He's at New York University Stern School of Business. He's a public speaker. He's an entrepreneur. He does a lot of talking about brands and marketing, and he does a really nice job of it. He served on the board of directors for E.D. Bauer, the New York Times, Gateway Computers, Berkeley, Ber- Gateway Computers. Remember Berkeley, uh, Gateway? They had their cute little cow boxes. Um, he's founder of digital intelligence firm L2 and a now defunct Firebrand partner founded in 2005, an activist hedge fund that invested over a billion U.S. consumer media companies. So he really gets the consumer media companies well. And if you go to YouTube, just punch in Scott Galloway, G-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y, you'll come up with some of his presentations in TED-style talks in which he presents you know, results of different global brands. Uh, he's really good at e-commerce, social media, and digital marketing. So Scott Galloway, um, I think you can learn a lot just by playing with it a little. And again, I don't think you have to be right every single time. But if you find some people who do research for a living and they share some of that in a TED Talk kind of way, I think you could you know, ultimately benefit from a lot of their insights. Uh, because you certainly can't do it all. Hopefully you can't do it all, but maybe you can. Um, one company that's killing it, in my opinion, is Amazon. And I just saw that Amazon's working on something called 1492, which is focusing on medical records and virtual doctor visits. And at some point in time, you're like, whoa. You're like, whoa. Uh, But Jeff Bezos is the world's richest man now. The recent surge in Amazon stock has pushed Bezos' fortune to $90 billion plus. That's pushing him past Bill Gates. Although he's been a billionaire for more than 20 years, his wealth has surged in the last two years. Um, he's the richest man in the world with a fortune over $90 billion. The Amazon CEO had a net worth of over $89 million um, earlier this week. And now he's passed Bill Gates. Amazon's share price has jumped by more than $15 recently and was recently trading near that level while Microsoft is down. Um, it's pretty interesting stuff, right? So welcome to the newest richest man in the world. Congratulations. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money 
on AM 1220 KDOW. Britain announced recently that sales of new diesel and gas cars would reach the end of the road by 2040. This is the latest step out of Europe to battle against the damaging environmental impact of the internal combustion engine. Are we talking about the death of the diesel and the death of the combustion engine? It's pledge made this month by France, and it's part of a global push to curb emissions and fight climate change by promoting electric cars. Car makers are adjusting. Volvo notably said that they would phase out the internal combustion engine in the coming years. And BMW said they're going to build an electric version of its popular mini car in Britain. A lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. That would be called a sector change. Who is the king of electric vehicles right now? It's Tesla. And a lot of people look at Ford and they look at GM and they're like, yeah, they look so cheap. And be very careful. And you could look at Tesla and go, man, they look expensive and they're losing a lot of money. But who's growing market share and who's losing market share? The shift to electric vehicles will be gradual and the target set by Britain is less ambitious than some others. President Trump's decision to withdraw from the climate change, the Paris Climate Accord, has dented some optimism, but Britain's new clean air strategy calls for sales of new gas, diesel cars, and vans to end by 2040. So that's, what, 22 years from now, roughly? 22, 23? Um, the government of the UK is also going to make available $332 million, roughly, for local governments to take short-term actions, such as retrofitting buses to reduce air pollution. So how do you feel about that? Um... If you've ever been to China uh, or L.A., that's crazy that I'm comparing L.A. to Chinese pollution, but L.A. is pretty gross at times, uh, more often than not, poor air quality. They say that if you live in L.A. long enough, you'll eventually get lung cancer. Like, that's how bad the air quality is. It's not a percentage of people will. You will get lung cancer. So poor air quality, much of a result of the pollution from vehicles, is estimated to cause deaths between 23,000 and 40,000 nationwide per year in Britain. Um, critics, obviously, are saying, you know, um, smokescreen. And, you know, climate change isn't real. I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to say cars ending by 2040. Combustion cars. Um do you like that idea, or does it freak you out, or how do you feel about it? I, I think it should make you think of investing for the next 20 years. You know, um, I'm in my 40s. Will I be alive when the combustion car ends in Europe? It looks like I might be. If statistics play on my side, it looks like I might be. Um, and that's pretty interesting to me. Ford reported a small profit recently, um, but slowing sales. Tesla reports a big loss, but growing sales. Uh, is it that easy at times? I don't want you to think it's that easy. I really don't. I think that's how you get into trouble as an investor. Uh, but I think you should start thinking that way. So to wrap up a little bit today, I talked a little bit about Howard Marks and how he thinks we could be experiencing some things that create a bubble or that allow for bubbles to happen. I talked a little about Scott Galloway and how he's great as a professor on YouTube. For you, um, the New York University Stern School of Business. 
talk a little bit about Uber and Lyft and how they're taking money from cabs and rental cars. A lot of people know cabs for sure, but did they think rental cars? Um, I saw recently there was a great story, and I, I found this kind of funny, that Lyft has teamed up with Taco Bell while Uber doubles down on McDonald's. And late night, you keep the munchies, you can now order Taco Bell or McDonald's through Uber and Lyft. And some Uber and Lyft drivers are like, disgusting gross. I don't want people eating in my vehicle and or bringing it to them. But that's kind of where they're going, right? Making it easier to get fast food. Taco Mode is a pilot in Orange County, California, from July 27th to July 29th, and again from August 3rd through the 5th. Between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m., it's offering free tacos and rides in a taco-themed car for those who choose to add on the Taco Bell trip to their Lyft ride. I kind of like the idea that someone sober is driving someone who might be inebriated or high to go get their 2 a.m. tacos, right? I once dated a woman. This was a sure sign of trouble. I uh, went to a hockey game, and I, I, a little tipsy, right? And she's like, I need tacos. And you pull out the app, and you look for the closest Taco Bell. And it's like, it literally felt like it was 16 miles of city traffic away. And you're like, oh. But you get that. So earnings season, I hope you've learned, is kind of an interesting time. Earnings season went really well. And you saw the S&P 500, the Dow, and the NASDAQ hit all-time highs. Um, not all stocks you know, hit home runs during earnings season like Facebook did. And if you've never done a conference call during earnings season, I highly recommend you do one for the first time ever. If you're going to buy individual stocks, you have to treat yourself with respect and actually listen to the calls. Um, and see that there's winners and losers. You know, Macy's last quarter, uh, they missed their results by a lot and their stock sold off 17%. Um, Arch Daniels Midland, big food company, they missed by a little bit, 3%, and their stock sold off almost 10%. So not all stories are the positive ones like Facebook, where the company can almost do no wrong. But trust me, the company can and will do something wrong at some point in time, and you almost have to get ready for it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, it's a new show from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., Monday through Friday. Mondays and Thursdays, I'm going to handle the stock talk, sector talk angle. And Tuesdays and Wednesdays, CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, is going to handle the financial planning and how to get wealthy and how to keep your wealth. And then on Fridays from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., we're going to do a best of the two shows. So it's out there. There's going to be new podcasts. There's going to be new product. And you can find out more of that at Rob Black Show or NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Take a break. Talk to you soon. One, two, three, take my hand and come with me because you look so fine that I really want to make you mine. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.